so appreciate you joining us. We thank you. We have brothers and sisters from all over this world, literally, from Asia, Africa, Europe, here in North America, Central America, South America, and the islands of the sea, and even sometimes Australia. We thank you so very, very much for tuning in. We believe that God has something very special for you today. As those who are here, uh, God has something for them, and He has something for you. He is no respecter of persons. The Bible says that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Regardless of your circumstances, be glad in it. And so now we're, we want you to stand wherever you are here in this sanctuary. And those of you who can, join us and be intentional about praising our Savior, Jesus Christ. For He alone is Lord. Let's give Him the praise that's due Him. Amen. Come on, everybody. Let's give Him praise across the room. Can we lift our voice and just praise Him where you're at? Father God, we love you, Lord. We give you praise, God. We give you praise this morning for everything that you're going to do, Lord. Here we go. Come on out.
because of the amazing changes that you brought in our lives. You're the only God that can change us from the inside out. You're the only God that can make us new. You're the only God that can turn our morning into dancing. We bless you this morning in Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Aren't you glad we serve an undefeated God? He's never lost a battle. Never. And he never will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Miracles when you move. Such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right you are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus. And your voice is calling me out. Right now, I know you're able. My God, come through again. You can do all things.
Your rod and your staff. 
says even in the battle you're with me so often we feel alone in our battles and our struggles we feel as though sometimes you've abandoned us though it is not true you are with us as one of our generals famously said Lord I am as safe in battle as I am in bed because with God every bed can be a battle and every battle can be a bed so we thank you for your watch care your providence over us and this song reminds us the reason we don't let go is because you don't let go it's not so much that we are holding on to you as you're holding on to us we thank you for it we thank you for your kindness your mercy your grace the scripture tells us that your mercies for us are new every morning. And so we're reminded of that as we worship you, Lord, that your mercies for us individually are new every morning and corporately they are new every morning. So new mercies every day, new mercies we see, not the old ones. We give you glory and honor for your amazing ability. We bless you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We trust you with our, our lives. We trust you with the lives of our wives, our husbands, our sons, our daughters. We trust you. We trust you. You are faithful. And though we cannot see the end, we know that you see the end. For you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. 
and you are all that's in between. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray for these particular cases. We pray against uh, cancer, and we pray against it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray against it, and we ask you to heal those who have cancer. Uh, we ask for Luis. We ask for uh, Sandra. We ask for Terry, Charles, and Susan, and we thank you so very much. We thank you so very much. And all the others who have not even uh, mentioned the, this thing, this thing called cancer, we thank you. We also thank you for Charlie, healing Charlie from COVID-19. We pray, Lord God, for all of the, the, those who are victimized by COVID-19 in our nation and the world. We ask that you would heal just powerfully, heal people of this dreaded pandemic. Heal them. Make them well. Lord God, I pray that our prayers would, 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 would find a, a listening ear. And I pray that, that you would hear our prayer and that you would answer our prayer. And that our prayers would mitigate these situations, would cause ease and comfort to come to those who have this problem. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. We pray against the infection in Jesse's foot. And we, we ask you, Lord God, that, that you would heal his foot so that he will be whole and normal and that won't need an amputation. In the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, to heal Jesse. In the name of the Lord. We ask you to remove the blood infection in the name of Jesus and stop the bleeding uh, in his GI tract. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we ask you, Lord God, to heal Manuel Jr. We ask you to heal his hurt back and remove the pain. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we pray for Jim and Kim and their family. We thank you. We pray for Midge and Tammy and Jolly and Tony and, and all their family. We ask you to heal them, help them, bless them. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God Almighty, for the, uh, Lupe and Jerome. We ask you, Lord, to comfort Lupe in the, in the death of her brother. We thank you, Lord God, that you are more than enough for, for that family to sustain them in their hour of pain. Thank you. You have done it for all of us, many of us here. You have done it for us. You will do it for them. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for them. Thank you. Now, Lord God, we pray for the stability of our nation. We ask you that you would make our nation stable and that our prayers would not be uh, of the imprecatory type, that, that you would deal with the opposition, you know, that you would smite them on the cheekbone. We don't pray like that. We just pray that you would give our nation stability and that we would not be in this where we uncertain place. It's an uncertain place where we don't know what tomorrow holds or even this afternoon. We ask you to give our nation stability in the name of Jesus Christ. And these factions would come to good sense, Lord. Just come to good judgment in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord God, for the president. I ask you personally, Lord, that you would comfort him in, in his election loss. I pray that he would concede, that he would trust you with his future. I pray that all the others, Lord God, on the opposing side would, would just come to a place where they would also do what is best for the nation, for the people, 
Lord God, for those who are, who are weak and, and small and are unable to do for themselves, I pray that these two factions, Lord God, would do what is best in the name of Jesus. And I pray that our prayers would be effective on their behalf. I pray, Lord, that the church would be strong for this is about the church and that the church would not be taking sides like so many are doing. How shameful. What a, what a pity. I pray that we would know who we are and walk out uh, the reality of the church. That the church will be strong and stalwart, would be robust, sturdy, brave, and valiant in the, in the face of these uncertainties. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so very, very much. We bless you, and we thank you again and again and again. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a big hand, everybody. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Super. Thank you. You may be seated. And I would like to just say that Pastor Bert is not here today. He's in Kingsville preaching, preaching for us over there. And uh, my wife, Sister Marva, is with a very sick friend. She, was, she um, is there in Seguin with a very, very, very sick friend. She went up to help them in the last uh, days. Um, and uh, so she will be coming back tomorrow. Thank you so much for that. I would also now like for our sister, Jadira Ulick, to come. And she's going to give us a reading. And um, then afterwards, uh, Pastor Ken will come. Reset and Revealing. Earlier in the year, the Lord spoke a word to my heart saying, this is a time of reset and revealing. We were dealing with a pandemic that had recently begun to affect a few states in America. It started in China, but was now affecting Europe, especially Italy. Our government seemed to be stymied by it, Confusion and panic were staggering among so many. I never questioned why the Lord would speak such a word. Mine was to accept it and try to understand its significance later. In Romans 8, 18 through 19, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. In the initial stages of this coronavirus pandemic, many were dying. The disease was highly contagious and our medical professionals were overwhelmed. How could God use this plague to reset his people? Give them an opportunity to do, as it were, their first works over. It was a mystery. Nevertheless, I hid his words in my heart. Our world and the church were about to undergo hardship, pain, and suffering by an unseen enemy as we had not experienced in a hundred years coronavirus i.e covid 19 was killing both the righteous and the unrighteous 
The virus and the handling of it became a political issue rather than solely a medical one. Many in the church began to align themselves with their political interests rather than with kingdom interests. Thus, we began to see the revealing. I was shocked to see what I read from the scriptures being played out in real time right before my eyes. Believers preferring to align themselves with the ungodly rather than with the people of God. Although seeing the disorder and chaos that was exacerbated by civil unrest and rampant untruths filling the airwaves and inundating us on social media platforms, believers in Christ have fallen in with those who do not know Jesus as though it was a normal thing. This is what the Lord meant when he said this was a time of reset and revealing. These difficult times have begun to reveal where we have placed our trust and to whom we have pledged loyalty. We are seeing before our eyes brothers and sisters betraying one another daily on social media. Has the die been cast and we have reached a point of no return? Will we see greater betrayals of each other in the future, greater than what we are seeing right now? Yes, I believe we will see even greater betrayals. Brother fighting against brother, sister against sister, not only on social media, but more egregiously. Jesus predicted a day would come when a man's enemies would be those of his own family. Pastors and Christian leaders have given themselves to explaining and taking sides in our world's great conflict rather than preaching the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom is our mission. We have drifted far from our mission of loyalty and focus on Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are in this violent hour of crisis, adrift, rudderless, we have failed to obey him. Let us take this time to contemplate these words of Jesus in scripture. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head then he said to another follow me but he said lord let me first go and bury my father jesus said to him let the dead bury their dead but you go and preach the kingdom of god and another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Pastor Don.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your greatness and your faithfulness to us, your people, Lord God. You're so worthy. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Everybody well, right? Amen. Hey, hey, we're here and we're church. We're together. That's a good thing, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Come on, y'all. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm Kenneth Mutchler. I'm one of the pastors here at the fellowship, and I'm here to greet our first-time guests. If this is your very first time to be here, would you please raise your hand so we can see you and recognize you? We have some information for you. We have a gift for you also right here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for being here. If you'll just... If you'll just fill that information card out and, and put it in the offering uh, here in a little bit, uh, and we also have a gift for, for each one of you. Uh, somebody will be calling you during the week just to say hi for nothing else, just to see if there's anything that we can do for you. Anybody else? Your very first time here? How about online? If, if this is your first time joining in, please uh, write a note in the comment section. Let us know, and somebody's going to respond to you also. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this morning. Well... It's time to greet one another, okay? So let's just stand up, turn around right where you are, and let's wave to each other. Give a smile. Share a little bit of love. Amen. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I, I have an announcement as we're being seated. Uh, Pastor mentioned this uh, Wednesday night, and, and uh, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about it right now, too. Um, Susan Liberto uh, is, is overseeing uh, uh, this part of the, of the ministry, uh, uh, an outreach for uh, Ilona Proy. And uh, if you all remember, even last year, we took part in, in uh, sponsoring some children. So uh, after the service here, to my right, your left, under the screen over here, Susan's going to be there with some more information on how we can minister to these children uh, uh, there in, in, in our location, okay? You know, I was thinking about it, that, that uh, we, want, we, we want the things to change, right? We want things to change in the world, right? Well, let's touch a child. Let's touch a child with the love of God, amen? And we can do that. We, we have that uh, within our uh, ability to do so. So after the service, if, you please, uh, if you're interested in that, and please consider it, see Susan over here under the screen, all right? All right? <laughs> okay. Okay, all right. All right, all right. Okay, it's time for offering, amen? It's time for our offering. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand, and our ushers will see to it that you get one. You know, we've got the three ways to give. Uh, uh, here in the house, you can give by cash, cash check, or, you know, or the envelope. And placing it in the envelope, you can go to cccfellowship.com forward slash give. You can give that way, or you can text it in. Uh, uh, that number is 361-386-2565. 361-386-2565. And you can enter the word, the, uh, the, uh, in the text, keywords for giving options, and you can designate where you want your offering to go. Amen. Amen. We ready? Everybody ready? I'm going to pray, and then the ushers will, will, be, uh, will come by. Thank you, Father. 
thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to give, Lord God. We know that you have given us your very best. You have given us your very best in your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. And, and he did everything you asked, everything you said. And likewise, Father, as, as sons of God, we too, Lord, want to be pleasing to you in every aspect of our life also. So, Father, I ask that you would bless the gift and the giver this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought it might be sinful to stop you early. And I mean that, Brother Chris. Thank you so very, very much. I know you appreciate it, right? Well, some of you do. Most of you do. I do. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brother James, for the wonderful praise and worship also. I appreciate it very, very much. And I know the Lord appreciates it. I was thinking that it is so amazing how we, the people of God, gather to give praise to the Lord. Now, now, those things seem so simple to many of you. You just probably think, what is wrong with the pastor? But I think it's just amazing and wonderful uh, for us to gather together without someone telling us, go gather, as it were. The Word of God tells us, but we don't necessarily tell each other. I think that is really, really great, just amazingly great. I want to uh, thank also our, our new guest. I think maybe we have, uh, help me with your name, Beatrice? Beatrice and Gloria. 
Right, all the way from Oklahoma. I want to thank you, all, you both for coming. Man, you're always welcome here. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. I have fond memories of Oklahoma when I was about 10 years old. Yes, I went to one of those big tent uh, revivals up there with my parents. And I got to go because I cried like crazy to go. And it was just better to let me go than to beat me. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Sister Jadira for having the, the bravery to read that uh, bulletin message this morning. Thank you so much. You did very well. Excellent. Thank you so very, very much. I, I, I think, you know, the, Paul said to Timothy that there should be a public reading of Scripture. And I think that we will add to that a public reading of Scripture because uh, that's what we should do. We should hear the Word of God uh, through our own mouths, that is, through our inner uh, hearing and then outside. We must hear the Word of God. So uh, I'm grateful to you for uh, reading like you do um, every service. Also, I want to reiterate that my wife is with a very sick friend. I wanted to do that again, and we can pray for her and her, her friend. Um, I, I don't know if you know this about my wife, but she is she's much like her mother. She will run to uh, those who are in need. She just does that, and uh, it is really a blessing to see her do that. I'm, uh, one more thing. Uh, after the service, I know Pastor Ken mentioned it, Sister Liberto is going to be over there, and she will be, those of you who would like to, to help Pastor Elona uh, from Albania, if you would like to help her. The, the children we were helping last year uh, greatly appreciated it, and uh, also now because of COVID-19, there's just not enough provision in the country. And the Lord has given us a tremendous blessing. I said once to a brother in another nation, he said to me, he said, I feel like a beggar. I hate it. I feel like a beggar. I'm always looking to, to CCCF uh, for, for something. I feel like a beggar. And I asked him, do you pray for us? He said, every day, all the time, I pray for you. I said, well, then, then uh, we are sharing in your spiritual things and you are sharing in our carnal things. We are, there's no robbery here. We are helpers one to the other. And I want to just thank all of you for your faithfulness in giving. How faithfully you gave, especially when we were in the shutdown in the spring with the coronavirus. Uh, so many of you, I, I, you came to the church. And I don't want to talk about it too much because it just causes me to, to weep. And you brought your gifts, your offerings. You put them in our hand. And, uh, and then, of course, we put them in the bank. Uh, and so and you wrote, you, you sent it through the mail, and we had people up here to catch the mail. And you went online. Those of you who were uncomfortable with online, you went online, you gave. Thank you for that. And there are so many in the world who, who thank you for that. Thank you again. I want to uh, just share my message for today. This is the plumb line. In the Midst, Part 2. Pastor Ken, would you give me my plumb line again, please? It's in there. I, I tend to. Super. Super. You're wonderful. And uh, Pastor Ken can explain this plumb line a lot better than I. This is what a plumb line looks like. And this thing, will uh, we carpenters use it to make sure their walls are straight. And this line is, is, is straight. And all of this is vertical, perfectly straight. And a carpenter wants to make sure that the walls are straight. 
I was talking to Brother Eric, who uh, is um, um, a numero uno uh, uh, builder and, and uh, construction person. He says to me afterwards, uh, I did not mention it, and of course he was in no ways criticizing me, nor was he boasting in his great knowledge. But uh, he said, <laughs> he said, uh, one reason that the walls began to list or lean is because they have, you have foundation problems. And when the foundation is bad, the walls are bad. And there's no reason why those of us who are here should have foundation problems. But there may be because you have not listened. You've had a yes, but attitude. And so when you have the yes, but yeah, I don't know, yeah, but then you can, you're starting to have foundational problems and your foundation cracks, your foundation settles, and now your walls are crooked. And so God is speaking to not only uh, to Amos and through Amos and, of course, to Israel, uh, but he is also speaking to us uh, through the old prophets. Um, I said one uh, day or night or morning, I don't remember, but I was preaching and something came out of my mouth. And those who are preachers and teachers of the gospel know that things will sometimes come out of your mouth uh, as you're in the little zone and you'll say something that you didn't pers really uh, per se mean to say. And I remember saying, I'm a herald to this generation. And I thought, oh God, what did I just say? And I, I couldn't take it back. But the Holy Spirit revealed to me that is exactly what I've made you, a herald to this generation. Amen. Amen. And this particular story deals with the fact that of Amos. Uh, and I'm going to start in Amos chapter 7, verse 7, to sort of recap. And um, it's called, the subject is the plumb line in the midst, part 2. And those of you who were not here last week, I was talking about God uh, sending locusts to chastise his people. And the prophet says, oh, please don't do that. Don't, don't, don't let them destroy. Uh, Jacob is, is small. He, he's not able to handle that. God said, okay, I will relent. And then he sent fire. to, to be, they would, uh, The drought would be so severe that even the uh, underground aquifers would uh, dry up. And, uh, and so he says, oh, please don't do that. Jacob is just, he's small. He, he, basically, he cannot survive that. And God said, okay, I'll relent. And then thirdly, he saw, had a vision of God putting the plumb line, the plumb line that I just showed you. And the plumb line was God's law to say, this is what I require of you. And I said to you last week that, that the plumb line, I believe, for the church is the cross of Christ right in the midst of us. Then the cross of Christ is our plumb line. And there is no uh, variations there. No, no. There, there, there is no vacillations. Uh, the plumb line is the cross of Christ. And on that cross, we, we die. We die to ourselves. We die to all that we have been or even in our natural selves hope to be. We die to that. And we yield ourselves only to God. And this is what we, we must do. There is no wiggle room on the cross. There's no wiggle room. You can't get yourself down. And if you are itching somewhere, you can't even scratch it. You can't go where you want to go because your feet are nailed. And that's what God is expecting of his church. Amen, somebody. So for the, the third time, the prophet was shown a vision of judgment. This time, the sentence was unalterable. And I would like to say again, and as I constantly say, 
and I'm shocked that people don't get it, don't hear it, don't, nor adhere to it, but that we are right now in America in judgment, under judgment, at this very moment that we sit here. Yes, we haven't been touched as severely by it as, as some, but we are still under judgment. You can say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you'll believe it when all the things come to, to fruition. You will believe it then. In verse 7 of this chapter, uh, the Lord held in his hand a plumb line. A plumb line was a cord with a lead weight used by builders to make sure that the walls were constructed straight up and down. In other words, God does not want you leaning in any preferred direction. He doesn't even want the wind to blow you in a direction uh, that you should not be in. He wants you straight up and down, as it were. He, he, wants, he wants you vertical to heaven. No list, vertical. That's what he wants, and that's what the cross represents. And then if you are that way with heaven, you will be right with your brothers and sisters. You will be right on the left, toward the left. You'll be right toward the right. Yes, you will not be as we tend to be. So this is what God is, is requiring of us. He is requiring this of us. And those who do not give it will be swiftly judged. So a plumb line was, was used to test existing walls to see whether they had settled or, tilt, or tilted. And those who, that had settled or tilted needed to be torn down. And so the plumb line is not partial. The plumb line is not partial. The plumb line says you're leaning and you need to be torn down. And that's what God is saying to us, the church, because frankly, if I may say, the church has failed. The church in so many regards has failed because we have done exactly what our worldly neighbors have done. We have taken sides. In, in Isaiah 28, verse 17, I, I would go there first uh, just for a moment. And um, uh, God was setting a plumb line uh, among his people Israel. Uh, the nation had been built true to plumb. Uh, it had been built true to plumb. But now it was out of line and needed to be torn down. Uh, it it's a sad commentary to say uh, as an American, as a, as a faithful American, you see, I, I believed all the stuff that I was taught. I believed in standing for the national anthem. I believed in standing when the national anthem was played, putting my hand over my heart or standing at attention. I believed in all of those things. I believed them even though I was somewhat, I grew up somewhat like uh, an, maybe an abused spouse would grow up. What am I saying by that? I say that with no bitterness in my heart. I had been very good and loving to America, but America wasn't so good and loving to me but I still loved America still. Are you with me? Do you understand that analogy? I loved her still. Uh, but what God is saying is that the, the walls, since the walls are so crooked, they don't represent holiness and righteousness anymore. They need to be torn down. And that grieves me. That grieves me. As I stand here, it grieves me. Uh, <clears throat> having... Having failed the plumb line test, God is saying that the chief structures, religious and political, would be demolished. And so I think what we have to do as the church, we have to look at this day, this very day, 
not generally speaking, but this very day in which we live as an opportunity to do some things over. And I think that's what reset means. God, God answered the prophet. He says, behold, I set a plumb line in the midst of my people. That is, I've made this to be the last rule or the final measure. So God is saying this is the final measure. And I believe that those of us who love God will adhere to the word of God and will not say yes, but. Or have you heard from this person? I've been given so many internet prophecies and about 99.9% .9 of them are proven to be false. I, I've said to you earlier that, that this time period in which we live is rife uh, with false prophets. It's just filled with false prophets, brothers and sisters. You know, and so I, I, if somebody were to prophesy or tell a lie in their prophecy, if they were to do that, and even though naturally I have that bent, I refuse it because my, my new heart and my new man is the one I'm listening to and following because he follows the Holy Spirit. You and I have a new heart that is a, a place of righteousness, and we must understand that and differentiate between the old and the new. One time, a number of years ago, Dr. Doug Jackson, you remember him, I always love his preaching. He's one excellent pulpiteer. And I mean, when you can preach preachers happy, you're a preacher. Yeah. And boy, I tell you, when he preaches, he preaches me happy. And Dr. Jackson preached a very powerful message titled, When Did Truth-Telling Become Troublemaking? You know, because uh, here in this story, and I'm trusting I'll get to it, Amos was, con was uh, 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 accused of troublemaking. And now even today, when pastors preach the truth, they are accused of meddling and troublemaking. And I was listening. Somebody, uh, actually my son, sent me a, a message uh, yesterday and says, is this the gospel? And I wrote it back, it is not the gospel. It is not the gospel. Remember, that's the son. He's a grown man now. But when he was little, he asked me one time if somebody prophesied in the church. He said, Dad, is that, was that a, a, a prophecy? Was that from God? He was a little boy. I, I said, well, son, I don't talk about the members of the church, blah, blah, blah. And he said, am I a member of the church, Dad? I go, yep. <laughs> well, should I know what's right and what's wrong? I said, yeah. <laughs> he was a little boy. And then, and, and so I said, I said, before I could answer, he said, when they started out, they were really right, weren't they, Dad? I said, yeah, they were. And then they got off, didn't they, Dad? I said, baby, that's exactly right. And when we started out our journey, we were plumb. We were plumb. But somehow we've gotten off, believers. All right, but let's get back on. Let the Lord straighten us back again. In Dr. Jackson's message, he spoke of God's prophets getting into trouble and being accused of making trouble because they spoke God's words. That time is here again. People of God, we must throw off the shackles of, of, of slavery to man and man's institutions and stand fast in the liberty with which Christ has made us free. Not set us free, made us free. There's a huge difference in it. I've, I've talked to you that for a number of years. There's a big difference in being set free and made free. You know, when, when I got saved, I was made free. You know, you can set a slave free, but he's still a slave. And some of us seem like we've been set free and not made free. May I keep on preaching? 
Thank you. I had my a mind to do it anyway. <laughs> and, that, and, and, and the, the apostle goes on to say uh, that we should stand in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Bondage to this world system is our biggest travesty. Can you, the people of truth, handle the truth, I ask? In John chapter 18, verses 19 through 23, let's turn to John, John 18, 19 through 23, and we'll uh, forget uh, Isaiah 28, 17 for a while. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus was on trial. They were accusing Jesus of being a troublemaker. We're going to lose our nation if you keep on messing up. Uh, the Romans are going to come and take everything, and then we're going to lose our position. That's what, the, that's what the, the, the ruling establishment said. That's what the ruling establishment is saying right now to the church. Don't speak the truth. Say something easy for us. <clears throat> and so the high priest asked him about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world, and it's time that men and women of God, not only the pastors and, and, and evangelists, but all of us, would speak openly the truth. <clears throat> Jesus said, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple uh, where the Jews always met, where you leaders always met, is what he's saying, or always meet. And in secret, I have said nothing. Now listen, this is very powerful. I can't expound on every point. I want you to get it. In secret, I have said nothing. So I have, have endeavored not to be a secret herald. I will not be a secret herald, and uh, I will not be afraid of who's with me and who's not, because if you're with the truth, you'll stand in the proper place, and if you go to the left or to the right, you're in the wrong place. Hmm. Jesus is going to understand, and in secret, I, I said nothing, and in secret, I've said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. This is a trial, and he's asking the person on trial to be a witness. That's what Caiaphas was doing. He said, wait a minute, what are you doing asking me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. You, if this is a trial, you should be having some, some true witnesses. I'm just asking you, are you a witness? When I was a boy, we sang a song, I'm a witness. For my Lord. Are you a witness? Does anybody hear that song when you were a kid? I'm a witness for my Lord. Yes, and, it, and I'm a witness for my Lord. And the Holy Ghost is a witness for my Lord. I, I believe that's how that song went. I'm a witness. Are you a witness? Sometimes we think the witness is just telling somebody you need to come to Jesus and become like me. No, you, be, you need to come to Jesus and become like Jesus. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, ask them what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, do you answer the high priest like that? Slap Jesus. Oh, God, I, I, I feel bad. I tremble inside thinking that there's somebody out there waiting on judgment who slapped God. But perhaps we slap God in the face when we choose the ways of men and not of God because we have some proclivity toward that. Lord, deliver me from all proclivities, 
all negative leanings, whether I lean over here or I lean over here. Help me to be plumb with God. Somebody out, say amen. Help me to be plumb with God. Hallelujah. And he slapped Jesus, and, and Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. You're standing here. You ought to be a witness of truth. If I spoke evil, bear witness uh, of the evil. If I'm sorry, if I spoke, have spoken evil, <clears throat> bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? And what we have today are people striking against the truth. Man, this is tough stuff. But I believe that you can handle it. I believe that you have... You are well-nourished. You are well-nourished. I was at one of my grandson's football game the other night, and I, of course, big football. I'm not a huge football fan. I'm a fan because he's playing. And I'm not a Dallas fan, so forgive me for that. They, might, they, they are like an unfaithful lover. <laughs> I do. I have to let those boys go. I'm looking for a team. Y'all have any recommendations? <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Let's go to, let's go to, uh, I was at a football game. Let me go back there. And I saw some of the boys were, they would get hit a little bit. Now, they, they, they're hitting hard. My grandson's very strong. He's probably two or three times stronger than I am, maybe four times stronger than I am, maybe even five. But I got grandpa on him. But I, I, I thought those boys hitting them, some of those young boys, and they would hit them seemingly wasn't so hard. It was po uh, powerful, but they were, I thought, malnourished. Some of the players, I thought, they need more, better nutrition. And if they had better nutrition, their joints would be stronger, their muscles would, would be enduring, and they would be able to take some of these licks without uh, being all just debilitated. And so I think that the believers in this time, if you can't take it, you're, 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 you're lacking in nutrition. When COVID-19 hit me uh, in the summer, in, in early, late June, early July, my brother Elliot did something for me that, that very likely saved my life. Uh, he and Brother Junius and my doctor, they all uh, didn't get together, but they all helped me. Brother Junius gave me some things that, that really helped me. And when I was troubled, my brother gave me nutrition Brother Junius gave me some, some, some things that really caused, put me over. And I was able to go through, as I almost sailed through COVID-19, because I had good nutrition. I had good medicines. You know, the Word of God is the medicine to us. Are you still with me? And so you and I would be able to go through these troubled times without being confused, without being messed up, going, I don't know what to believe. Well, that means you need to come to church more. <laughs> Are you still with me? Could I mess with you a little bit more? All right. I heard some elders say, yes, I can. And in and, uh, and, uh, Amos 7.10, I call this Amaziah's complaint. Amaziah. Amaziah was the false priest over at Bethel in Israel because Jeroboam had separated from Judah, from Israel, actually. He pulled away, and then uh, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, only had two tribes left. And they were called Judah, the southern kingdom, because of uh, Rehoboam's foolishness. And uh, we talked about that the last time. 
Then what happened was Jeroboam the first went up to, he got the tribes and separated from Israel and became the northern kingdom. And uh, here he set up really false uh, gods, but they were sort of worshiping Jehovah, but it was mixed with all kinds of crazy stuff. Do you know a lot of us really, are, are, uh, we, we churchgoers, there's a difference I know between churchgoers and Christians and real Christians. And churchgoers have mixed God with a lot of stuff. They mixed them with the stuff that they do that's ungodly, and they mixed them with the politics, and God is just mixed all up into uh, politics, Americanism, and he mixed all up into the movies we watch. You know, he's mixed all up in, in everything. So everything is, we got some strange kind of religious system, and they had that in Israel. So God sent Amos the prophet to prophesy against them. And so I'm saying today that God is sending prophets to prophesy against the American gospel. I'm just telling you, if you don't like the food, see who cooked it. In verse 10, it says, Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel, or he has said these things in public. Wow. In the hearing of the people. The land is not able to bear all his words. I'm hearing things like this in different words. Well, uh, you know, you're taking sides in your messages. No, I'm not. I'm just preaching truth. And if you're standing in the wrong place and I step on your toes, that means that you're standing in the wrong place. You know, I mean, I've got size 13s. I, I, go, I tell my friends, I say, I don't have a foot. I've got 13. <laughs> I always wanted a foot, but I got a lot more than that. And I remember as a young boy, those long feet standing out there, people step on my feet. I go, ah. Said, boy, you ought to stand with your feet under you, you know. <laughs> Some of us are standing with our feet in the wrong place. Brothers and sisters, I say this not, not to anger you, not to drive you away, but to draw you close to Jesus and to cause you to say, I need to be plumb with God. So Amaziah said, the land is not able to bear all his words. And, and I'm, I'm hearing these false prophets. They're, they're lying prophets, and they are saying things. They're smooth words. They're saying things that deceive the people. For thus Amos has said, he said, this is what Amaziah, he changed Amos' words. He says, thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, go. Now listen to what he says. He says, don't tell us the truth, go. If your truth is not my truth, go. Come on, it's not your truth and my truth. It's just the truth. <laughs> Come on, there's not a left truth and a right truth. This is truth. Brothers and sisters, we are as divided as the world. That should not be. And then, um, and then listen to what he says. This is a nutty guy. He's a, he was the high priest at Bethel, Amaziah. He said to Amos, go, you seer. Are you prophet? Go. He said to him, get out of here. Can you imagine when God sends somebody to speak and you say, get out of here? Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Have mercy. Ayuda no, Señor. Help us. Help us. And then he says, go, you seer. Go. Flee to the land of Judah. Get out of here. 
We don't want to hear what God has to say through you. Get out of here. We're going to, we have itching ears. We're going to find somebody who will tell us what we want to hear. That's the New Testament version of that. Wow. Wow. Now he says, go flee to the land of Judah. Go back home. You know, if somebody says, go back, go back to where you came from. Well, that would be East Texas. <laughs> I was born in America. I'm an American. So I have no place to go, another country to go, to go to. I have to stay where God sent me. And I know God sent me to South Texas to live and to minister. And there are a lot of implications of that I don't have time to tell you. Flee to the land of Judah. There eat bread. Go there to Judah, chill out, eat your bread. Live a good, comfortable life over there. Leave us alone. Leave us in the bad shape you found us. We don't want you to change anything. And a lot of the preaching in America isn't changing anything. Man, yesterday was preaching and talking about some stuff. I thought, whoa, where did he learn the Bible? There eat bread and there prophesy. That was, uh, Amaziah was deceitful. I'm going to take a few more minutes, all right? In 2 Corinthians 11:14, Paul tells us that Satan has disguised himself as an angel of light. Brothers and sisters, the truth sometimes may be a little difficult to discern, but you can get it. Because Satan himself has disguised himself as an angel of light. And there are people now in high places. Uh, Brother Lester Summerall used to say, he says, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, he, he, said, he said, that's them politicians. <laughs> I know you're in love with them, so you, 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 may, you may be not happy with me right now. But, but Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So sometimes we look at things and we go, well, that looks like light. But if you keep on looking, you know that's not light. That's darkness. Verse 13 tells us, uh, let me pick up from Amaziah. He says, but never again prophesy at Bethel. Bethel was the capital. Don't you bap, uh, do this at, where, at Bethel where our, our spiritual capital is. He says, for it is the king's sanctuary and it is the royal residence. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I love this answer. So this is the, those voices that are trying to keep the truth down. Some of us all are trying to suppress the truth. We're, we're not fully aware of it. It's just our proclivity. We're leaning. We're listening. Oh, wow. Well, I thought this was going to be a real happy sermon. <laughs> Verse 13 says, he says, Amaziah says, but never again prophesied Bethel. Don't you come here telling us what God said. We've got our own version of God. Then Amos said, I was no prophet. He looks at it. I love this. I was no prophet. Nor was I a son of a prophet. But I was a sheep breeder and a tender of sycamore fruit. Then the Lord took me as I followed the flock. I was 
like David on the mountains taking care of sheep. And I got a call to come into the house. There was a prophet named Samuel. He had come to anoint the sons of Jesse, but he had found the others in the balances. They were weighed and they were found wanting, but that was a little ruddy, red-headed boy. His own daddy did not think of him as worthy to come to the anointing service. God reached out and he, he called David, that little ruddy boy that didn't look like the rest of the family, and called him in and said, this is who I've chosen to shepherd my people Israel. And Amos is talking that kind of language. I was a sheep breeder. I was a tender of sycamore fruit. The Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Now therefore hear the word of the Lord. You say, Do not prophesy against Israel, and do not speak against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus says the Lord. And there's a thus say the Lord for those of us who are churchgoers and not have been made Christian. He said, therefore, thus says the Lord, your wife shall be a harlot in the city. Your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword. Your land shall be divided by survey line. You shall die and they defile the land. And Israel shall surely be led away captive from his own land. What is God saying to us in this land of the free and home of the brave? a place that has been called the bastion of Christianity. But I say to you, our foundations are weak and our walls are leaning. And we need the plumb line of the cross again. Let us yield ourselves to the plumb line of the cross. And let us trust the word of God and let us trust God in his people. Let us be the glorious church that Jesus died for. Let us not fear the plumb line of righteousness.
today, those of us who are here in the house and those of us who are online, I trust that you will not take offense at such a, a strong message. I pray that you would just ask God, how are you standing? Just ask him that. Don't ever be afraid to ask the Lord that. He will always speak truth to you. But maybe there's somebody in the house today you, uh, you, you don't know Jesus, you have not come to faith in Christ, and you'd like to come to faith in Christ, I'd like to see your hand, and I would like to just pray for you and lead you to the Lord. If that's you, anybody here today. Is there anyone here? Perhaps there's somebody online. If that's you online and, and you don't know the Lord, you can know the Lord, and I would ask you to just ask Jesus to come into your heart. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I am sorry for my sins. Come into my heart and save me. The Bible says if you would, would uh, confess with your mouth, say something, believe in your heart, believe in your heart that God's raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. And that's what the Bible says. It's, I know you may say, that sounds too easy. It is. So that even if you are just the craziest person in the world, the dumbest person in the world, you can be saved. That's what that means. And so, you know, I'm saved. And so that means that you don't have to be a PhD to be saved. You just have to believe. And God will help you because he's dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. So if that's you, I want you to yield yourself to the Lord today. And I want to thank all of you who are here today. I pray for you who are here today that you will always be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Just listen to the Word of God and just say to the Lord, Lord, guide me in all truth, and God will do that for you. I mean, you don't have to do this crazy gyrations. I mean, I've known things. I've had God speak to me supernaturally. I just heard a voice, in a voice, and I knew what was right. I remember one time I was in university, and, and I was in a place I didn't suppose to be, and, th and these words came to me. Daddy told me about places like this, and I ran out. Wow, I was in, in I was in university another time. Uh, I guess a bit a little hard-headed. I was in a place, and some man came at me. A stranger said, "You don't belong here." How did he know? I didn't know that guy. He didn't know me. 
Maybe it was an angel. You don't belong here. God will say that to you. He will say, you don't belong here. But don't tell God. Don't tell God where you belong. Let God tell you. Amen? Well, we're going to dismiss. And before I dismiss, those of us who are in these two sections, I want you to go to the rear of the building and take the wall and follow down by Brother Benson. And those of us who are here, are we, unless, those, unless Sister Cindy tells you otherwise, that is, there are two or three rows she might let go out that door. But others of you will come forward and go out the door where Sister Elsa Brown is standing. And then just go all the way out before you take off your masks, if you will. You love Jesus? Amen. Well, let us bless the Lord. If you'll raise your hand and let's do a 360. Repeat after me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And the Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Hey, go with God. We love you. Go with God. Thank you, Beatrice and Gloria. Thank you for joining us.